know I own shit. Flow sick, but you know this. Bring it back like my old kicks. On my fives from 99 to 06. No shit at the door. Here, money goes. Yeah, yeah. No, just stick to your cake, too. I'm a train canine. I'm a talk to your talk canines. Go talk dudes when I know I paid mine. Skip class, got class, get cash at the same time. Could cop a rollie, but I save time. Change man with the same plan. Get low, stay low with my ray bands. Y'all getting spray tans. I'm equipped with the spray cans. So my day ends. Amen. I don't hate men. I hate you. Flow sweet, break records like I'm Beirut. I need a break, boo. Well, it kind of is, kind of did what I had to to see the bond of things. A couple scars, so I vomit shit, yeah. Kids dumb like handball palaces, write classics that reach the palaces. Niggas pass the pit, forget they pass the piss. Talk shit, that's another couple candles lit. But I'm chill for now, I just came to spit shit. Mom said my face changing, not in a good way. I don't really care is what I should say. Been a while since I've seen a good day. I could blame the stress or the sass. Both had the same effect. This intellects intersect. I get the green with no vinaigrette. I need Washington like a play casting. Flow smooth, Max Shorty's in the same fashion. Face it, you pass it. Face it, you live to pay taxes. Shorty's trying to hang like my sack is too massive. Styles catchy, can't catch me. One ten is better than five fives. Kyle Massey, great Gatsby. Don't gas me, won't pass me. Don't ask me. Her name was Ashley. I'm where to catch me. I actually gradually gather green and shatter dreams. Just man in your teams. I'm rapping and screaming, rapping and rapping and rapping. Push can I, yo, we working, put the work in, we're smirking, we smirking, dodging venom of the serpents, it's urgent, I'm certain my purpose is writing verses in cursive until the earth split, you ain't really ready for disturbance, and the fly with feeling all the turbulence, I got the call, yeah, yeah, I got the call, 1-800 hot shit, call me up and cop this, toxic, blacking out on every single topic, drop it, if you got the keys like a locksmith, cops have you locked, don't Past the rock like the rockets, dreaming of a rocket, cleaning up this hot mess. Memory is blurry like a photo of the Loch Ness. Talking to my conscience, I swear it's speaking nonsense. If I could just be honest, I'll know I'll be beyond this. Whatever that is, you can't take the tactics. This rap shit, verbal black magic, call it mathematics. For all you rap addicts and those that can't catch it, still go for the pop fly. Don't be greasy like Popeyes, I know that you're not high. Forgot that line because I got high. Apology is still hot, box the Odyssey. I'm shaggy with a lot of weed, blueprints for technology, trying to buy a couple properties. I'm with my little cousin at the house playing Monopoly. Tell a blind girl and she'll say, I gotta see. I got philosophy, <laughs> geometry. Push can I, yo, we working, put the work in, smirking, dodging venom up the serpents, it's urgent. I'm certain my purpose is writing verses in cursive until the earth split. You ain't really ready for disturbance. And the fly with feeling all the turbulence, I got the call. Yo, 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 all you MCs can't mess with this. Even Teddy pin the grass, no step to this. Treacherous, trip while your sentences. Brainstorm my feels to your residence, huh? How you gonna contest the kid when you struggle with yourself and I'm blessed to live? But I heard you need a help, so I choose to give. Ruthless kid, brutalize the booth with squids. Got that Aquaman flow, so you make me think slow. Got your girl going low, like an anchor on her toe. Come and sofa, she like kissing slow. Came on toe, got a glow. Let that ammo go. Oh, hi, hi, how you doing? Me? Me? Me, I'm doing great. I'm staring at the slate. Wonder if the blocks on my feet that will escape on my ankles. Used to see straight, now I'm looking different angles. Cold over my bird, trust me, I'm disturbed. Sitting on the curb, no more happiness left inside of me. I called down an angel and I begged her to lie to me. I looked her in the eye and asked her, please let me die. She smiled and she watched me crumble. I lost that shit and could pick up the fumble. Dangerous man with money in his hands. Now you better stand down, motherfucker, stand down. Rest in peace to the vine. That you know, the more you know, the more that I, I am discriminated. Swear to God, if I felt my heart was disintegrated. My mind is now twisted, careless about existence. Another day, another fucking mission. I swear to God, I remember when I used to kiss you in my kitchen. I had a gun to my face, I kind of hope you cold it. So I can finally rest. I'm struggling in this fuck, but I'm doing my best. I swear that I'm not a random guy that you randomly test. I saw, I 
I promise you would fail. I would send you to hell and barely on the circle. You can probably tell. You can probably tell. That was I'm Barely on This Earth by Smirk and found on the Trash YouTube channel. Hey guys, it's been. Damn, it's been a minute. A lot's happened. A lot. But hopefully I'm back. I'm be doing this a little bit more daily if possible. I say while having a work schedule. Drinking a monster here. My boy Kyle in Kenosha. Here's to you. Yeah, man. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope your afternoon's doing fine. It's 2.20 p.m. for me. I just got done smoking a fat fucking bowl. Well, let's talk about the DNC, right? A little bit, at least. I don't know, man. I left that shit feeling fucking... De I, I didn't go, of course, and you couldn't go. But I watched that shit from the, uh, you know, live stream, partially. I got most of it from, like, a highlight reel I got on YouTube. I just typed in, like, highlights and shit. And, and everybody was like, oh, Joe Biden gave such a great speech. I'm like, man, this motherfucker sounded more wooden than anything else. Plus, I don't think that shit was live. Yeah, yeah this may be, may be a conspiracy theory. But I don't think that shit was live at all. I think they recorded it somewhere, and in the coming couple days, we'll probably see it uploaded. So either blooper reels or someone will from inside will say, like, yeah, you know, we had to do this a bunch of times because you couldn't get it right on the first couple takes. Da 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 da. Maybe I'm not giving them the benefit of a doubt, but I just don't see it. You know, that speech was like generically good. It's like a speech, like. uh Someone like, like a guy running for president or mayor in a TV show would give at the end of like a like not even at the end of a movie, at the end of like a the CW fifty show. Like if the president in uh in the world of the Flash gave a speech, you'd probably get that right. That's fine. I mean, I'm I'm it's because it's him. I think is why people were impressed, and I, I think it's fair to say that we actually lower our expectations. Even if you're on the left, a lot of times when people say, "Oh, I'm not voting for Trump," be, I'm voting for Biden because he's not Trump. And there are some things you could talk about, like, he has no good policies. Uh, the worst policy I can think of is fucking, uh, he wants to remove super PACs. You know what a super PAC is? It's basically what happens on a group of people. Say, hey, let's pull our money together and campaign for someone. It's not officially attached to the campaign. Uh, Freedom Pact, or uh, Freedom Works is one. Uh, Just the Truth is another one. A whole bunch Super packed, and Joe Biden wants to remove them while currently utilizing them. And if you think that's fucking funny, I'm not going to rejecting his message either. Check this out. It's loading. Hold on, let me find it. Hmm. Didn't even know about this. I find a bunch of old articles, unfortunately. Where did you go? I just had this up. My computer ran up and all these tabs I had open are just gone. But if I don't record this now, I'm not going to record shit today. Hi, thanks for listening. I, I care about the people who watch my shit, listen to my shit. It's not visual yet. Well, this is annoying. God, I don't know where the fuck it went. I had an article up. It was talking about how a thousand plus Democrats from both just different political positions in the country to 
you know, donors rejected Joe Biden's shit. But now I can't really talk about it because I can't find it and I really don't want to. Okay, you know what, let's check this article out instead. From U.S. News, eight takeaways from the Democratic National Convention. It was not the convention Democrats had hoped and planned for years. You think they planned that? I thought it was like last minute. They had like the same energy as like, like you know, remember in your high school and you had to do a group project and a whole group ditched you and you just kind of threw it all together last minute in your bedroom? Same energy. Same energy. No. <clears throat> Convention Democrats had planned for years. It was not a scene of thousands of delegates joining together in a convention hall in Milwaukee. A site chosen in part to give Democrats a boost in battleground state Wisconsin. There was no electric moment of Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris. Coppola Harris, you mean. Walking jubilantly out onto a stage with their spouses, basking in the traditional red, white, and blue balloon drop. It says their spouses. It's The picture just shows Jill, Joe, and... Is Kamala married? Who married her? I, I bet they took a plea deal. Anyway, moving on. In the first, uh, in the first all-virtual national political convention. Also, you know, I've barely heard anything about the D, about the RNC having COVID shit. Like, I, like viruses doesn't care about your politics. The viruses will attack whoever, whenever, however. I'm just not hearing people use those as an argument. Anyway, in the first all-virtual national political convention, little was conventional for the Democratic National Committee this week. Here are the top takeaways. One, it was a technical success. In the sense that it streamed, yeah. Murphy's Law. If things can go wrong, they will. Didn't apply. While there were a couple of minor delays as speakers delivered live, but the remote remarks for the most part... That's kind of loud. Get it down a little bit. Oh, I don't know where my phone is, so I'm not turning shit down. Delay speakers delivered live, but remote remarks. For the most part, the two-hour televised sessions went off without a hitch. The DNC ran pre-recorded testimonials from regular Americans. Some very powerful. Yeah, but not as powerful as that dude from Venezuela who spoke at the RNC. Like, that shit. Heartbreaking. Some very powerful, such as Arizona woman whose father died of COVID-19 after trusting Donald Trump's low-balling of the virus threat. An 11-year-old Latina blaming Trump for the deportation of her mother, who is the wife of U.S. Marine, and 13-year-old who is like... Oh! Who is... For, blah, goddamn, sorry. I turned around for a minute. U.S. Marine and a 13-year-old boy talking about how fellow stutter stutter Biden helped him overcome the speaking difficulty. Really? Inspiring these segments... May the formal speeches from the party leaders feel less like an endless office Zoom meeting. Did it? It was about Joe Biden. Also, it was not about Joe Biden. The former vice president and the Biden family delivered the candidate's biography, the tragic losses in his life, as well as the legislative record to the nation which has known the vice president for a long time, but whom's 
believe do not know him well, but whom the operatives do not know him well. At the same time, the convention served as a platform to attack Trump as incompetent, corrupt, and utterly lacking in empathy. An important message from the Democrats, given the high percentage of Biden voters who say they are motivated by removing Trump from office. This is what I was saying earlier when a lot of people were saying they're voting for Trump, voting for Biden just because he's not Trump. Partially what they just admitted to. Remember that video of that girl with the tambourine going, please don't make me vote for Joe Biden. Please don't make me vote for Joe Biden. I don't want to vote for Joe Biden. Well, you don't have to vote for Joe Biden. That's the good news. Seriously, people actually we don't have write-ins. Yeah, you're right. It may not win, but at least you voted, right? Now, whether or not I picked on you for voting for Joe is a completely separate story. It was big tent city. Democrats need to pull together a wide array of circumstances. Or, sorry, of contingencies. Women, African Americans, Latinos, Asian Americans, young people, and others to have a winning coalition this fall. Video appearances by representatives of those groups. Look, you had motherfucking Elizabeth Warren speaking on behalf of the Native Americans. I'm like I I saw that headline and I had to double check it wasn't a fucking onion article or a Babylon B thing. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about here. Literally, Elizabeth fucking Warren came out and then you had Kamala Harris of all people talk on behalf of the black community. Now, you really want the woman in the who was a cop and a prosecutor in the era of anti-cop to be the vice president. Furthermore, the woman who has bragged in the past about how many black people she locked up, you want her to speak as a black person when she's Indian? At least that's what she, you know, I've seen her, pic, I've, there's a picture of her, like her family going around. And yeah, Indian. Uh, it seems like she only, and if she really is black, why in the 90s did she was like, I'm the first Indian in this, I'm the first Indian woman in this position. Multiple times, and now she's like, I'm the, I'm the first black vice president. No. Getting played a little bit over here. Ugh. Let's see, where was I? Ba -ba 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 -ba. Appearance by representatives of all of those groups. Youth calling for guns, safety, and climate change laws. Hispanics talking about immigration... And the ow, disappropriate impact of COVID-19 on people of color helped, as did the nomination of the first black Indian American woman. There we go. To be vice president. The convention also featured Republicans for Biden and segments directed at ritual, at rule and white. Working class Americans. It gave progressives some do. Do. Yeah. Mm. Well, let me make sure I'm still recording real quick. Yep. Sometimes Acre just stops recording and I'm not paying attention to it. Anyway. It gave progressives some due. Some in the progressive wing of the party grossed about being underrepresentative. Rep, uh, <laughs> Rep AOC had exactly one minute, one minute speaking time, upsetting some critics. But this year's convention did not have. It's bullshit. It's saying here that time for. Did have resentment evident. Look, these crony Democrats have no interest in your little progressive movements or your progressive ideologies. And as soon as they get your vote out the window with all that shit, you get back to corny, corrupt Democratisms. I'm not saying it wouldn't be corrupt and violent the other way around. I'm just, you know. Ba -da -da. Where am I? Oh, Evan in 2016, when progressives booted their favorite pick, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, as he called for all 
all to back nominee Hillary Clinton. Sanders and Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts both had prominent roles through phrases like Medicare for all, socialism. We're not part of the convention message. We're not part of the convention's message. As for those reports that AOC had declined to endorse Biden in her speech, she did. She outright said, we need to put Bernie Sanders in office. She straight up spent her minute endorsing Bernie Sanders, and then she apologized the next day online for it. Come on. That was not a fucking accident. Get the fuck out of here. She's a socialist. She promoted another socialist over a Democrat who's where the fuck he is half the time. Anyway, Medicare for all. We're not part of the convention's message. As for the reports that AOC had declined to endorse Biden in her speech, she wasn't supposed to. As for her remarks, were part of the formal nomination of Sanders as president. Hmm. It gave Republicans no ammunition. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually it gave us a lot of ammunition in defining Biden. Anyway... A very commanding speech by Biden on Friday night countered Trump's criticizations of Biden as a doddering and mentally in decline. <sighs> his focus on his own Catholic... Look, he's Catholic, but he's pro-choice. I'll just leave that out there. Not to mention all the crazy racist shit he said over the years. He focused on his own Catholic faith. Went against Trump's argument that Biden is, is bad for God. That's straight up here. The lack of lefty phrases and, poli and policies in Biden's speech weakened the GOP's argument that Biden is a tool for socialism. I started this off by pointing out that it didn't look like it was filmed live. And it was read like a fucking board, like Obama back in the day. Remember how Obama would read the teleprompter? Then if he didn't have a teleprompter, he'd go, ah, I, I, ah. And him, he, he'd just sit there and him and ha. Huh? It felt like that. For fucking Batum. It made roll call great again. What? Oh, sorry. It gave Republicans no ammunition in defining Biden. As a... The argument that Biden is bad for God... The lack of lefty phrases and policies, Biden's speech weakened the GOP's argument that Biden is a tool for socialists. It made roll call great again. TV networks re rarely carry live. Carry live the formal roll call. When the states report how many votes each is casting for different candidates. Oh, oh same thing. This is contenders. I said candidates. In prison... It's lengthy and rather boring, except for the ridiculous hats supported by delegates. Oh, in person, it's lengthy and rather boring, except for the ridiculous hats. Oh, there's, there's an article about prisoners should be allowed to vote. Anyway. Except for the ridiculous hats supported by delegates. But the virtual road call was like a music video to America the Beautiful. With representatives of every state and territory showcasing their scenery, culture, and message. In Wyoming, parents of slain gay teen Matthew Shepard report the results of Rhode Island's declared itself a calum calamari comeback state i have no idea what that means and i don't know anything about this gay teen's death i will not comment on it i will not say like he was a protester he was a rioter i don't know shit about it and i don't give a fuck enough to look into it just looking at how things are in general around it's like it, whenever somebody dies there's always a whole well you know they're innocent blah 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 and then it seems like a couple days later you get some shit where it's like actually here's the full story here's the body cam footage here's this footage here's this testimonial blah blah fucking blah and you never get the full truth immediately so I just won't comment on that nor will I dig into it come across my desk again we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it it had a historic plea to save democracy I want to take a moment and say, you know, 
built back better, Joe Biden's phrase. Does that sound like make America great again? Built back better, right? Built back. Where are you building back from? I mean, if America wasn't great, according to you, what are you building back from? You know? Anyway, enough about this clown ass. It had a historic plea to save democracy. Former President Barack Obama delivered a scathing assessment of Trump's record, but took it a step further, saying the future of America's very democracy was at stake. He said Trump and his team would try to discourage people from voting or even try to make sure that their votes would not be counted and pleaded with Americans to make a plan to vote, whether it's by mail early or being prepared to stand in line for many hours. Now, this might take this how you will. I'm actually going to just play Joe Biden's fucking speech. All right? This one and the other one he gave. And you can just make up your mind about how it sounded from there. Probably add on some at the end. If I don't, I'll see y'all in the next episode. Good evening. Ella Baker, a giant of the civil rights movement, left us with this wisdom. Give people life. They will find the way. Give people life. Those are words for our time. The current president has cloaked American darkness for much too long. Too much anger, too much fear, too much division. Here and now, I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. It's time for us, for we the people, to come together. And make no mistake, united we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. We'll choose hope over fear, facts over fiction, fairness over privilege. I'm a proud Democrat, and I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So it's a great honor and humility. I accept this nomination for president of the United States of America. But while I'll be a Democratic candidate, I will be an American president. I'll work hard for those who didn't support me, as hard for them as I did for those who did vote for me. That's the job of a president, to represent all of us, not just our base or our party. This is not a partisan moment. This must be an American moment. It's a moment that calls for hope and light and love, hope for our future, light to see our way forward, and love for one another. America isn't just a collection of clashing interests of red states or blue states. We're so much bigger than that. We're so much better than that. You know, nearly a century ago, Franklin Roosevelt pledged a new deal in a time of massive unemployment, uncertainty, and fear. Stricken by a disease, stricken by a virus, FDR insisted that he would recover and prevail, and he believed America could as well. And he did, and we can as well. This campaign isn't just about winning votes. It's about winning the heart and, yes, the soul of America. Winning it for the generous among us, not the selfish. Winning it for workers who keep this country going, not just the privileged few at the top. Winning it for those communities who have known the injustice of a knee on the neck. For all the young people who have known only America being rising inequity and shrinking opportunity, they deserve the experience of America's promise. They deserve to experience it in full. You know, no generation ever knows what history will ask of it. All we can ever know is whether we're ready that moment arrives. And now history has delivered us to one of the most difficult moments America's ever faced. Four, four historic crises, all at the same time. A perfect storm, the worst pandemic in over 100 years, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, 
the most compelling call for racial justice since the 60s and the undeniable realities and just the accelerating threats of climate change. So the question for us is simple. Are we ready? I believe we are. We must be. You know, all elections are important. We know in our bones this one is more consequential. As many have said, America is at an inflection point, a time of real peril, but also of extraordinary possibilities. We can choose a path of becoming angrier, less hopeful, more divided, a path of shadow and suspicion, or, or we can choose a different path and together take this chance to heal, to reform, to unite, a path of hope and light. This is a life-changing election. This will determine what America is going to look like for a long, long time. Character is on the ballot. Compassion is on the ballot. Decency, science, democracy, they're all on the ballot. Who we are as a nation, what we stand for, and most importantly, who we want to be, that's all on the ballot. And the choice could not be more clear. No rhetoric is just judge this president on the facts. Five million Americans infected by COVID-19. More than 170,000 Americans have died. By far the worst performance of any nation on earth. More than 50 million people have filed for unemployment this year. More than 10 million people are gonna lose their health insurance this year. Nearly one in six small businesses have closed this year. This president, if he's reelected, you know what will happen. Cases and deaths will remain far too high. More mom and pop businesses will close their doors, and this time for good. Working families will struggle to get by. And yet the wealthiest 1% will get tens of billions of dollars in new tax breaks. And the assault on the Affordable Care Act will continue until it's destroyed taking insurance away from more than 20 million people, including more than 15 million people on Medicaid, from getting rid of the protections that President Obama worked so hard to get passed for people who have 100 million more people who have pre-existing conditions. And speaking of President Obama, a man I was honored to serve alongside for eight years as vice president, let me take this moment to say something we don't say nearly enough. Thank you, Mr. President. You were a great president, a president our children could and did look up to. No one's going to say that about the current occupant of the White House. What we know about this president is if he's given four more years, he'll be what he's been for the last four years. The president takes no responsibility refuses to leave, blames others, cozies up to dictators and fans the flames of hate and division. He'll wake up every day believing the job is all about him, never about you. Is that the American you want for you, your family, your children? I see a different American, one that's generous and strong, selfless and humble. It's an American we can rebuild together as president, the first step I will take will be to get control of the virus that has ruined so many lives. Because I understand something this president hasn't from the beginning. We will never get our economy back on track. We will never get our kids safely back in school. We'll never have our lives back until we deal with this virus. The tragedy of where we are today is it didn't have to be this bad. Just look around. It's not this bad in Canada or Europe or Japan or almost anywhere else in the world. And the president keeps telling us the virus is going to disappear. He keeps waiting for a miracle. Well, I have news for him. No miracle is coming. We lead the world in confirmed cases. We lead the world in deaths. Our economy is in tatters with black, Latino, Asian American, Native American communities bearing the brunt of it. And after all this time, the president still does not have a plan. Well, I do. 
if I'm your president on day one, we'll implement the national strategy I've been laying out since March. We'll develop and deploy rapid tests with results available immediately. We'll make the medical supplies and protective equipment that our country needs. We'll make them here in America so we will never again be at the mercy of China or other foreign countries in order to protect our own people. We'll make sure our schools have the resources they need to be open, safe, and effective. We'll put politics aside. We'll take the muzzle off our experts so the public gets the information they need and deserve. Honest, unvarnished truth. They can handle it. We'll have a national mandate to wear a mask, not as a burden, but as a patriotic duty to protect one another. In short, we'll do what we should have done from the very beginning. Our current president has failed in his most basic duty to the nation. He's failed to protect us. He's failed to protect America. And my fellow Americans, that is unforgivable. As president, I'll make you a promise. I'll protect America. I'll defend us from every attack, seen and unseen, always, without exception, every time. Look, I understand. I understand how hard it is to have any hope right now. On this summer night, let me take a moment to speak to those of you who have lost the most. I have some idea how it feels to lose someone you love. I know that deep black hole that opens up in the middle of your chest and you feel like you're being sucked into it. I know how mean, cruel, and unfair life can be sometimes. But I've learned two things. First, your loved one may have left this earth, but they'll never leave your heart. They'll always be with you. You'll always hear them. And second, I found the best way through pain and loss and grief is to find purpose. As God's children, each of us have a purpose of our, in our lives. We have a great purpose as a nation to open the doors of opportunity to all Americans, to save our democracy, to be a light to the world once again, and finally to live up to and make real the words written in the sacred documents that founded this nation that all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, my dad was an honorable, decent man. He got knocked down a few times pretty hard, but he always got back up. He worked hard and he built a great middle-class life for our family. He used to say, Joey, I don't expect the government to solve my problems, but I sure in hell expect them to understand them. And then he'd say, Joey, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. Your dad's an infinite stream of clothing. I've never forgotten those lessons. That's why my economic plan is all about jobs, dignity, respect, and community. Together we can and will rebuild our economy. And when we do, we'll not only build back, we'll build back better. With modern roads, bridges, highways, broadband, ports and airports as a new foundation for economic growth. With pipes of transport, clean water to every community with 5 million new manufacturing and technology jobs so the future is made in America. With a healthcare system that lowers premiums, deductibles, drug prices, by building on the Affordable Care Act, he's trying to rip away. With an education system that trains our people for the best jobs of the 21st century, there's not a single thing American workers can't do. And where cost doesn't prevent young people from going to college and student debt doesn't crush them when they get out. With a child care and elder care system that makes it possible for parents to go to work and for the elderly to stay in their homes with dignity. 
with an immigration system that powers our economy and reflects our values, and with newly empowered labor unions. They're the ones that built the middle class. With equal pay for women, with rising wages, you can raise a child on, a family on. And yes, we're gonna do more than praise our essential workers. We're finally gonna pay them, pay them. We can and we will deal with climate change. It's not only a crisis, it's an enormous opportunity. An opportunity for America to lead the world in clean energy and create millions of new good paying jobs in the process. And we can pay for these investments by ending loopholes, unnecessary loopholes, and the president's $1.3 trillion tax giveaway to the wealthiest 1% and the biggest, most profitable corporations, some of which do not pay any tax at all. Because we don't need a tax code that rewards wealth more than it rewards work. I'm not looking to punish anyone, far from it. But it's long past time the wealthiest people and the biggest corporations in this country paid their fair share. And for our seniors, Social Security is a sacred obligation, a sacred promise made they paid for. The current president is threatening to break that promise. He's proposing to eliminate a tax that pays for almost half the Social Security without any way of making up for that lost revenue, resulting in cuts. I will not let that happen. If I'm your president, we're going to protect Social Security and Medicare. You have my word. One of the most powerful voices we hear in the country today is from our young people. They're speaking to the inequity and injustice that has grown up in America. Economic injustice, racial injustice, environmental injustice. I hear their voices. If you listen, you can hear them too. And where there's existential, existential threat posed by climate change, the daily fear of being gunned down in school, or the inability to get started in your first job, will be the work of the next president to restore the promise of America to everyone. And I'm not going to have to do it alone, because I'll have a great vice president at my side, Senator Kamala Harris. She's a powerful voice for this nation. Her story is the American story. She knows about all the obstacles thrown in the way of so many in our country. Women, black women, black Americans, South Asian Americans, immigrants, the left out and the left behind. But she's overcome every obstacle she's ever faced. No one's been tougher on the big banks and the gun, and the gun lobby. No one's been tougher in calling out the current administration for its extremism its failure to follow the law, its failure to simply tell the truth. Kamala and I both draw from our families. That's where we get our strength. For Kamala, it's Doug and their families. For me, it's Jill and ours. I've said many times, no man deserves one great love in his life, let alone two, but I've known two. After losing my first wife in that car accident, Jill came into my life. She put our family back together. She's an educator, a mom, a military mom, and an unstoppable force. If she puts her mind to it, just get out of the way. <laughs> She's gonna get it done. She was a great second lady, and I know she'll make a great first lady for this nation. She loves this country so much. And I'll always have the strength that can only come from family. Hunter, Ashley, all our grandchildren, my brothers, my sister, they give me courage, they lift me up while he's no longer with us. Bo inspires me every day. Bo served our nation in uniform. You're in Iraq and decorated Iraqi war veteran. So I take very personally and I the profound responsibility serving as commander-in-chief. I'll be a president who will stand with our allies and friends and make it clear to our adversaries 
the days of cozying up to dictators is over. Under President Biden, America will not turn a blind eye to Russian bounties on the heads of American soldiers. Nor will I put up with foreign interference in our most sacred democratic exercise, voting. And I'll always stand for our values of human rights and dignity. I'll work in common purpose for a more secure, peaceful, and prosperous world. History, history has thrust one more urgent task on us. Will we be the generation that finally wipes out the stain of racism from our national character? I believe we're up to it. I believe we're ready. Just a week ago yesterday was the third anniversary of the events in Charlottesville. Close your eyes. Remember what you saw on television. Remember seeing those neo-Nazis and Klansmen and white supremacists coming out of fields with lighted torches, veins bulging, spewing the same, same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. Remember the violent clash that ensued between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. Remember what the president said when asked? He said there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. It was a wake-up call for us as a country, and for me, a call to action. At that moment, I knew I'd have to run. My father taught us that silence was complicity. I could never remain silent or complicit. At the time, I said we're in the battle for the soul of this nation. And we are. You know, one of the most important conversations I've had this entire campaign was with someone who was much too young to vote. I met with six-year-old Gianna Floyd the day before her daddy, George Floyd, was laid to rest. She's an incredibly brave little girl. I'll never forget it. When I leaned down to speak to her, she looked in my eyes and she said, and I quote, Daddy changed the world. Daddy changed the world. Her words burrowed deep into my heart. Maybe George Floyd's murder was a breaking point. Maybe John Lewis is passing the inspiration but however it's come to be, however it's happened, America's ready, in John's words, to lay down, quote, the heavy burden of state at last. And then the hard work of rooting out our systemic racism. You know, American history tells us that it's been in our darkest moments that we've made our greatest progress, that we found the light in this dark moment, I believe we're poised to make great progress again. And we can find the light once more. You know, many people have heard me say this, but I've always believed you can define America in one word. Possibilities. The defining feature of America, everything is possible. That in America, everyone, and I mean everyone, should be given an opportunity to go as far as their dreams and God-given ability will take them. We can never lose that. In times as challenging as these, I believe there's only one way forward. As a united America, a united America, united in our pursuit of a more perfect union, united in our dream of a better future for us and for our children, united in our determination to make the coming years bright. Are you ready? I believe we are. This is a great nation. We're a good and decent people. For Lord's sake, this is the United States of America. There's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. The Irish poet Seamus Heaney once wrote, history says, don't hope on this side of the grave, but then once in a lifetime, 
a longed for tidal wave of justice can rise up and hope and history rhyme. This is our moment to make hope and history rhyme with passion and purpose. Let us begin, you and I together, one nation under God, unite in our love for America, united in our love for each other. For love is more powerful than hate. Hope is more powerful than fear. And light is more powerful than dark. This is our moment. This is our mission. May history be able to say that the end of this chapter of American darkness began here tonight as love and hope and light join in the battle for the soul of the nation. And this is a battle we will win and we'll do it together. I promise you. Thank you. And may God bless you. And may God protect our troops. Hey, NBC News viewers, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe by clicking on that button down here and click on any of the videos over here to watch the latest interviews, show highlights, and digital exclusives. Thanks for watching. Now, folks, that you've heard that, hopefully you kind of see what I mean. There was a couple parts where you got real emotional sounding. But a lot of it was delivered in a flat, monotone voice. Now, I'd like to take you to a little something, something different. My name's Joe Biden. I'm running for, in this case, running for President of the United States. Look me over. If you like what you see, how about it? Not vote for the other person. I just spoke at, a, at Dartmouth on healthcare at the medical school. Or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the, I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. I want to thank uh, uh, Rich Fitzgerald, the county executive, Valgetti County executive, for being here. And I propose, and I'm going to digress slightly. Right here, we we're in a situation. I president asked me to head up a cancer moonshot. President Biden, just to be clear, would you or would you not? Have you ever had a dream that that? That 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 you have a dream that that have you ever had a dream? <laughs> like I said, this is what happens when he doesn't have a teleprompter. If you have a teleprompter in front of him, he's fine. It's like Obama was. Rejoin the TTP, yes or no? I would not rejoin the TTP as it was initially put forward in Guatemala, El Salvador, and and went uh, to to women say in Honduras and say, look. I know I'm called middle class, Joe. It's not meant as a compliment. means I'm not sophisticated. And there's an area where there's an important difference between, this is an area that's an important difference between the candidates. I'm running. The country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and hedge fund managers. This guy is moving to, 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 to form and hate. The price for whatever, whatever the drug costs are, well, folks, I eliminate one tax loophole out of a trillion six hundred billion worth, a trillion four hundred billion worth, out of a billion four hundred million, excuse me, a trillion four hundred billion dollars. It's hard to even say it so much. And by the way, it's cost a lot of money. It cost about seven hundred and forty million billion dollars over ten years. Every single solitary person qualified in community college, in college increasing number of six to nine million people. If you like your employer-based policy, you can keep that policy. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. that LGBTQ civil rights and immediately changed the law in the state of Delaware protecting transgender people. I took on uh, Putin in terms of uh, Iraq. I mean, excuse me, in terms of uh, uh, um, what was going on in Ukraine. My long friend, time friend, and she's a friend, she's been my friend in and out of public life is uh, it will cost one thirtieth 
one thirtieth. Costs a lot of money. Almost seven hundred and forty billion dollars to do what I want to do over ten years, but not thirty trillion dollars. Not thirty trillion. I'm among many qualified people. I'm the best qualified people for the person for this job. And the reason is not just to help people who have or, or in fact are likely to get Alzheimer's. Because think of what's been adopted. Milton notion that the only obligation. That all changed with our Republican friends in the late 80s when they adopted Milton Friedman notion that the only obligation. We find ourselves in a position where you're in, a, you're in a circumstance where we've adopted Milton Friedman, Friedman's notion, the conservative economist. Now, if you, in fact you are in a position, what was the case, you worked for Jimmy, that's why we're so special. It took courage, it took resil resilience. They know who we are. We have to let them know who we are. <laughs> you can do it and it's going to take billions of dollars. They doesn't have the number one insurer of the Asian, excuse me, the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Cut in half. Don't worry, I, I'm so serious. Children, I'd love to hear them. Well, President Trump and the demagogues around, demagogues around the world, Donald, Donald Trump is re-elected. So people are figuring out there's not a damn thing we can do that we can't, that we set our mind to that we can't get done. The single most stressed, I was asked to speak to the American Psychiatric Association to go over to the university to go over to the University of London to speak to the World Psychiatric Association. It's interesting, I just spoke to the International Society of Psychiatric, uh, the International Organization of Psychiatrists, I forget the formal name of it, over in London because... Uh, this is not a Republican talking point. The Republicans are trying to kill Obamacare. Union workers, the UAW took incredible cuts in their future. Now we have a trillion, six hundred billion dollars worth of we're, we're worth of loopholes in the law. But I never thought, I never ever thought that I'd see what I saw in Charlotte. You know, I came home from law school. Avoid to have an excuse to walk by the dealer and say, no, I, I'm not going to be a mule. I, 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 I got something to do. I got to go do boom, boom, boom. If we just were to reinstill, re, reinstitute the cafe standards. Now, I think uh, Secretary, um, excuse me, I wasn't in the press going to say I'm downgrading my column say Senator Booker. The fact is that the bills that the president, that, excuse me, the future president here, that, that, that the senator's talking about, I was the one that suggested that the president, President Obama, <laughs> I don't want to confuse presidents here. Look, we provide a Medicare option. That's exactly what Barack and I talked about in the beginning. Get it through, though. Barack. I couldn't tell anybody Barack, but Barack. One of my closest friends invaded another country and annexed a significant portion of called Crimea. He's saying that it was President my boss. It was his fault. I got assault weapons banned for 10 years. It had to be reauthorized because of hanging chads in Florida. The last president said, no, I'm not going to reauthorize it. We need to work again with Canada and Mexico as neighbors, not as adversaries, as adversaries. Saks or Benetons or Nike or whatever in the, in the market, in, the, in, the, in their uh, um, places where they, in the malls. Donald Trump does pose an extra strength to this. It's not hypothetical. We can put every one of them in school, cutting the cost, the half, cutting in half the cost of a four-year education. Be so, why why they do that? I ran the, the what they call the moonshot de dealing with cancer, and something after that set up the Biden cancer initiative. And the, here's the point: the conservative economist, excuse me, the columnist, and they said, "You take my shotgun." I said, "I have three. I now have five because my son died, and I have three of his. That's five shotguns." That's six. So have a mechanism to control drug prices. You know, the, it's, it's not what we're no longer using chemical based things, but all this thing dealing with cancer and other immune system or bio oriented. And by the way, the idea that uh, um, NATO, the only people who reward, entitled rewards, are stockholders. Ladies and gentlemen, he is deliberately and completely ignoring the legitimate authority of the Congress and he's doing what he, what he does with the complicity. Stop trying to keep your work organized. By his, by his fear, 
pictures of any international leadership. And about all these breakthroughs we have with the whole, dinner, the whole, excuse me, immune system. I want you to know if you really, if you look at PolitiFacts, we're no longer the wealthiest middle class in the world. It means investing much more in medical research to conquer, to conquer devastating diseases like cancer and addiction and Alzheimer's. The opportunities are amazing. We are in a position to be able to lead the world like we've never been able to do it before. I mean, I, you know, they're not bad folks, folks. But guess what? I found that, excuse me, the secretary, we sat together in many meetings. There's things that are worth dealing with China. Tough one. What presidents say matter. We also know we need teachers. My wife is a full-time teacher, taught all, all during being when we're vice president. High quality options. The public option will be available in my plan. We'll make sure it's not quality. We'll make sure it's only affordable. Quality is affordable. Not the end in, in themselves. In, in themselves. Mischaracterized my position across the board. Not those of us running for president alone. Not just activists like you. You know how many tax loopholes there are in the code now? One trillion, six hundred and forty billion. Eliminate one. How can a person dignity be maintained? We choose truth over facts. You ever heard a president of the United States talk about law enforcement like he does today? I oversaw as chairman of the Judiciary Committee a long time, the FBI. Look what he talks about. But we lead by the example of our power, not just the power, not just the example of our power, but the example we are out there and it's what we say. By strengthening, by strengthening, by strengthening. We have to eliminate the funding gap that exists between minority white and majority white and, and non-white districts. The fact of the matter is, I'm awfully sophisticated about why, how, and who built this country. Let me say this simply and clearly. They're not, they're not national assets. Wall Street bankers, CEOs, hedge fund managers, no matter how good and decent they are, they're not the ones who built this country. That triumph of democracy and liberalism over fascism and autocracy. When I got out of school, that... Uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in the 70s, uh, late 70s, I got engaged. He died 68. I want to public publicly apologize for not being able to make it. We don't even love them. That's, that, that's who we are. No other nation was founded the way we are. We hold these truths self-evident that all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator. No nation has ever been founded on that principle. That was a time in the early, late 60s, the early 60s and 60s, where it was drop out, go to Haight-Asbury. We can do this by making sure that we're in a position that we, in fact, allow people. I agree that everybody wants to stay in fact, they should, anyway, my time's up, I'm sorry. Thank you, Vice President. Uh, but here's the folk, here's the deal, folks, you know. Well, I think it shouldn't matter where your race. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We can speak out of the straightforward. I mean, no, no, but I mean, think of, I mean, it's not about, I, I know you're supporting by saying bullying, but look, here's the deal. You don't have here in Miami, in Miami, in Florida. You don't have them here. And that is, if you keep an audience, that's why I'll end the gag rule, the global gag rule, rents money from getting the NGOs in terms of the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacy. And if we give Donald Trump four more years, we'll have a great deal of difficulty of ever being able to. I, uh, you know, I, I, I looked at it anyway. I, that's what I think my plan, I know what my plan does. Such as de-escalation studies have in, I sort of marked, excuse me, there, are, there have been de-escalation studies. The reason I did what I'm doing is because there's a invasion of Hispanics. <laughs> But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society. Cannot measure the health of our children, His original quality of our education, the joy of their play. If the gross national product does not allow the health of our children, the 
the quality of their education, for the joy of their play. Let us pledge that our generation of Americans will pay any price, bear any burden, accept any challenge, and meet any hardship to secure the blessings of prosperity and the promise of opportunity for our children. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. And I started thinking as I was coming over here, why is it that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why am I the first connect in a thousand generations to be able to get to university? Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why is Gladys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? No, it's not because they weren't as smart. It's not because they didn't work as hard. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. Anybody really think that they didn't get what we had because they didn't have the talent or the strength or the endurance or the commitment? Of course not. It was because there was no platform upon which they could stand. That's kind of it for me today. I actually got to get ready for work. I hope you guys have a great, wonderful afternoon. I'll either be back tonight or tomorrow morning with a new episode. And I'll actually try to do a little bit more. I'm I'm having a real shit show of a time right now, I gotta be honest. Anyway, peace.